0: Good morning, church family. How are you today? That's pretty good. A little bit better than a 9 o'clock service this morning. A little bit more, you know, a little spirited today. Graduation's over. Amen for us. Praise the Lord. Celebrate. We still got some going on. There's still some schools that are going a little bit later, but uh, thank you, Jesus, we've gotten through this week. Praise the Lord. Dan McCondy comes to me and asks me why I'm so tear-gifted. Well, Dan, that's none of your business. Okay. <laughs> we are, we're you know we're blessed. And you know I was I had written something this morning, and I thought, what a privilege it is to be part of a church body that our kids are surrounded by people that love them, um, not just parents, but they've got other people that have invested in their lives. That's a privilege. That's a heritage of faith. Not only do you love them, you encourage them, but you also not not afraid to go. Hey, man, what in the world are you doing? What are you acting like that for? That's a privilege. We've been in this series called Family Matters because that's exactly right. And uh, we uh, we're going to we're going to touch on a subject today that could be be a, um, can be a little bit tough, but it's going to be good because I think this is what Jesus would want us to talk about today, especially on this. Memorial Day. Aren't we thankful for those that have sacrificed their lives so that we could live in this freedom? May this not be the generation that forgets. May we never forget. In addition to that, may we never forget the sacrifice that our Heavenly Father gave for us 2,000 years ago when he gave his life on Calvary. Today, as a response to that, we are, are going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper. And if, if when you were coming in this morning, you didn't get one of the communion packets. We'd love to be able to, to respond. If you just hold up your hand, they'll make sure that you get one this morning because we'll be participating in the Lord's Supper today. Um, if you're like me, um, there's probably been a time in your life where you have been wounded or hurt, um, by somebody that, um, and it could have been words or actions by somebody that was maybe a family member somebody close to you. um, and, 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 it, and it caused an awful lot of pain. It may be still causing an awful lot of pain in your life. But in that moment when that happens, you, you've got to make a decision about how you're going to respond. You know, what are you going to do? And there are different ways that we might respond. Some people might say, you know, let's fight back. You know, put your dukes up. We're going to go at it. And uh, there are other people that will turn around and they'll flee. But then there are some people that just say, forget you. I'm done, you know, and they walk away, and you know, I know relationships that have been broken in the past, that there are scars and wounds, that there are people that are walking around, and they're the walking wounded, Um, and they act like nothing's going on, but listen, there is a huge chasm in their life, because they've said, I don't care, Um, and maybe you've been a part of a conversation like that that goes something like this, Um, um, "Hey, hey, have you seen old Randy Jones? Um, no, and I don't care if I ever do. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, you know, cause you're a good guy, Randy. Okay. But you, maybe you've heard that before. I know that I have. And so I, I was just with somebody. Um, she's not a young girl anymore. She's a young lady. She's a mom. And I heard her speak those words. I don't, I don't care. And it's not because of the fact she don't care. Um, it's the coping mechanism that she's learned over the years because she's been hurt by a father um, and um, she's been emotionally wounded and the only thing she really wants is her father's love. The only thing that she desires is to is to be loved by her her dad and that's all she wants deep down but her coping mechanism is as I don't care but maybe maybe you're not one that's been hurt maybe you are one that has hurt somebody um, because of foolishness in your life, sin Um, somebody within your realm of influence, family, friends, close associates, somebody's been hurt because of somebody. I was with a guy just this past week that struggles with the guilt and the shame of past decisions, knowing that those decisions has impacted his family greatly. Adults, listen, a lot of times we don't think about others when we're making some choices. But let me tell you what, our choices impact those around us, those that they're not just the people that, um, that, they impact not just me, but they impact the people that are closest within my vicinity. So let me, um, let me just say this, that whether you're here today or listening online, there, there are really two types of people that we're talking to today. There's either those of you and here in this room that are, are, have decided at some point in time you have made a decision to trust Jesus. You have made a decision to follow Christ, and you would call yourself a Christ follower. And then there are those of you, for whatever the reason, that have said, I'm not yet, not yet. There are, both, there, there are basically those two types of people. And today, what I want to do is, if you give me the privilege just to speak to those of us in this room, Sean, that would say, I'm a professing believer, if we can do that today. Because what Paul has to say isn't to those that are unsaved, but to those of us that are saved. And I think it's important we address that today. So we're going to do that um, because the question that I want to pose today to you is this. How do you reconcile a relationship with somebody who has hurt you that you might be tempted to write off? Did you hear me? So how do you reconcile a relationship with somebody that's hurt you that you might be tempted to write off? The main idea right up front is that as a Christ follower, the words I don't care shouldn't be in your vocabulary as it relates to relationships. It's pretty quiet in here. And you know why that is? Because there may be some of us in this room that there's somebody like that in your life. I don't know what may happen today, but my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would do a work and that we would come to realize this... The significance of how we treat this issue and how we deal with it. Because Paul's going to talk about it. And this isn't just the enemies, these are the people that are in our family. This morning, there were multitudes of people that stood up. And there's going to be a time today at the end to make a public acknowledgement. I'm struggling, I'm wrestling, I'm dealing with some issues in my life. And today, you're going to have that same opportunity. But before we do that and before we get into what we're going to talk about today, I'd like for us just to be able to to pray. Um, Can we do that? (sighs) Jesus, um, this is a very weighty subject today, and this is what I know is that my prayer is that, that, that the words that, that we're going to read from your word would not fall on deaf ears, but there would be an open heart to hear. And Father, uh, the willingness to receive what is going to be spoke today. And as the things are being spoken, as is the, is the Holy Spirit is at work in this place, may we not push it away or ignore that, but Father, may we receive it fully. And may you help us to know exactly how we should respond. That's what I pray. Because I know that there's no way we can walk with Jesus and stay the same. You've called us to be different in this world. So help us this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'd like for you to turn over to the book of 2 Corinthians if you'd do that with me today. And um, we're going to be in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. One of the reasons that Paul penned this letter to begin with to the church there was an effort to protect the unity of the body after finding out that there was some struggling and wrestling going on. And the words that Paul's going to write today, he's going to write to believers. And what he wrote to them then is still applicable to us today. That to live in unity with one another requires Humility. Humility. And when we face those times of hurt or when we've been hurt by other people, that forgiveness is crucial. It's crucial. So with that being said, I want you to read with me. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's begin at verse 14, and we're going to begin there. And this is what Paul had to say. Either way, Christ's love controls us. And what Paul said is the reason that we can't say I don't care is it because, as a Christ follower, is it because of my love for Christ, but for, as a result of Christ's love for, for us. Now, if you've grown up going to church, maybe you've heard the word control. Instead of control, you've heard the word um, maybe compel that you find in the NIV or the word constrained that we find in the King James. Those words control, compel, compel, constraints are in reference to Christ's love means that our options, listen to this, it's going to come back up at the end, that our options as a follower of Christ is limited. That's basically what it means. That as a Christ follower, our options are limited. Because Christ, because of Christ's love, how we should respond has already been determined. It's not something that we've gotten to wonder how we're gonna, what we're going to do. Because we care, we should care, because he cared for us. And look at what Paul goes on to say there. Since we, now he's talking to Christ followers, believers, those there specifically at Corinth. Since we believe that Christ, what? Died. Died, that he died for, for who? Oh that, but doesn't all mean most? Does it all mean some or maybe many or most? No, it means it means all. P- including those that you are tempted to write off, that you go, man, there's no there's no sense, there's no hope for them. Those people, you know, the people that are in that segment of society, he died for all, not for some. We also believe that we talking believers have all died to our old life that he died for, there's that word, here it is, who? Everyone, everyone, so that those who receive this new life, followers of Christ, will no longer live for themselves, instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Simply put, it means this, man, to live for Christ means to die to self. That when we come to trust Christ, there is an exchange that takes place. That our decision to follow Christ means that we should now, our lives should be a reflection of Christ in us. That the decisions that we make from now on out, from here on then, okay, it's not because they're popular, it's not because culture says it's okay, it's not because it feels good, but our decision making should be controlled by what? Christ in me, this new nature. The old is gone, the new has come. Paul said it this way just one book later when he was writing to the church at Galatia. He said, I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives within me, the life I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There is an exchange that takes place, the old for the new. And Paul, if he were to say, in talking in reference to characteristics of the new life, we find it there in verse 15, there's a death to self and we are to be alive in Christ, no longer living for self, but we are living for Christ. If we were to turn over to Paul's letter, just another book later when he was talking to the church at Ephesus, this is what he would have written to them there in Ephesians chapter four, as he was speaking to them about this new life in Christ. In chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 22, this is what Paul said. Throw off, take off, remove, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which has been corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew, change your thoughts and your attitudes, transform, put on this new nature. There it is, put it on, just like you'd put on clothes. Some of you, you know, you put it... You, Well, all of you put on your clothes this morning. I'm glad you put on your clothes. Very thankful that you put on your clothes today. He said, put it on. Put on this new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and and holy. And this new life that Paul talks about in Christ isn't always an easy life. It's not always a fun life, especially when it deals with forgiving those who have wronged us. Yeah. See, forgiveness isn't natural. It's not natural. I mean, how many of us prefer vengeance? I mean, I mean, we, we would rather participate in retribution, an eye for eye or tooth for tooth, instead of reconciliation. I mean, how many of us want others to pay? But Paul said, look, if you're a follower of Christ, Christ's love compels us to put aside our desires and my wants to follow him. Skip down to verse 18 and look at what he goes on to say. In all of this, talking about this new life in Christ, it's a gift from God. It's not something we deserve. It's not something that we earn. But it is a gift, a free gift. It's a gift from God who brought us back. You might want to underline those three words. Those are three important words that brought us back to himself through back in the book of Ephesians in chapter 2 verse 13 this is what Paul said to the church there once we were far from God but but we have been brought near here's that same attitude brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ in other words God himself is the one who initiated Jesus coming and dying on the cross so that we might be reconciled no longer enemies no longer slaves but because of Christ's blood, we have been reconciled. That word reconcile means to take two things that are at odds, two things that are incompatible, and to make them compatible, to bring them back together. Now, I don't know about you. How many of you have ever lost your keys, locked your keys in your car, or something like that? And if you don't raise your hand, you're, it's going to happen to you. I pray that it happens to you so that you understand what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> But if you've, ever, if you've ever had a situation where you know, lost your keys, you couldn't find your keys, they got locked in the car, sometimes the locksmith will come and he'll use that little tool, you know, that tool that you open up the car. But sometimes they have to create a key because you can't just find the key. So he's got to make another key. So he gets a number, he gets a pattern, and he makes this key, and he makes this key and forms this key and whittles this key until he gets it to a place he can fit it in that lock. And he gets it to the place that he can fit it into the lock and it matches and it opens it up. So it happens, taking something that is incompatible, making it compatible so that it fits back together. It reconciles it. It undoes the lock. And Paul said this is what God did through Christ for us, that he takes us, our lives that are at odds with him because of our sin, and he does something that only he could do. It wasn't something that we could fix. It wasn't something we could work out. But he makes us right with God through his son Jesus to take that which has been separated, that has been incompatible, and makes it compatible again. And God is the one that initiates that process. Not you. He did it. He began it. He started it. He initiated it. God did something that only he could do. He opened up the door so that we could be made right with him through his son, Jesus. And in doing so, he not only initiated the, the, uh, the process, but he also accepted the responsibility, even it, when it wasn't his sin. Listen, people, when it wasn't his sin, he didn't cause the problem, but he said, I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Even though we were the ones that were the guilty, Even though we were the ones that were to blame, God is the one that pursued the reconciliation. Even though it was our sin that severed the relationship, God pursued us. Man, aren't we thankful? There should have been a whole lot more amens. Aren't we thankful? God initiated the relationship. He took the responsibility. He removed the obstacles. And the only thing that hinders us from being reconciled to God is ourselves, our pride. This is really important. This is a really important statement, so I have your attention. Because let me say this to you. Aren't we glad that our our Heavenly Father didn't respond like we often want to respond when we are at odds with others. Aren't we glad that our Heavenly Father don't, didn't treat that situation as we often want to treat it? I mean, just think about it. When, how, when's the last time that you were hurt or wronged by somebody or wounded by somebody, and how, what was your response? How did you respond? I mean, did you wait for them to initiate the next conversation? Did you wait for them to come to you to apologize? Did you wait for them to take the first step? And Paul said, Christ is the one that took that first step, knowing that we might not even turn back to him. He still sought the reconciliation. He didn't give up on us. Yet how many times are we tempted to write off others? It's going to get heavier, people. Mm. But there's more. Look at what he goes on to say. And God has given who? Us. Remember, he's talking about followers of Christ. That's who we're addressing today. Those of us that are here or listening, he's talking to those of us that are believers. He has given us this task of reconciling people, bringing together. Some translations say that he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And don't miss this. In other words, if we're a Christ follower, our life, our life should carry a message that says, "Hey, do you know what Jesus did for me? I'm living proof. I'm I'm living proof." the privilege that we have been entrusted to bring the hope to the hopeless, light to those who are living in darkness, those that are living in despair. What Jesus did for me, he can do the same thing for you. And it's not just a privilege, it should be a passion. I was talking to the guys the other night. I said, "You listen, you want a litmus test for whether or not you're a Christ follower? I said, a great litmus test is this, how passionate are you about sharing the hope that you've received from Jesus? If, if you really want to know a litmus test for your relationship with Christ, if you really want to know where you stand at, where things are at, how passionate are you about sharing the hope that you say you've received? If it's good news, don't you want to share good news? I mean, when a baby's born, don't we want to cry out, Hey, I want everybody to know. You put it on Facebook, social media, send out all kinds of stuff. When our kids graduate, we want everybody to know it's great news. How passionate. How passionate. Are we about sharing that good news? Man, that Jesus Christ has reconciled me. It has brought me back into relationship with him. We just have to say yes. Paul goes on there in verse 19, for God was in Christ. Here's that word again, reconciling, bringing back the world to himself. And get a load of this. No longer counting people's sins against them. That in our relationship with him, God doesn't focus on the past, the present, or future sins. But the thought behind this is in spite of. That in spite of who we are, in spite of what we've done, in in spite of what may be going on, that reconciliation is in spite of. That my relationship with God isn't because everything is going right or everything has been gotten right. Reconciliation isn't because of me, but in spite of me. I mean, but how many of us have been in a relationship we've just thrown up our hands and say, I quit, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm finished. I mean, some of you have a name to put with that story, and all of a sudden it's, it's coming back to you. And the Holy Spirit is bringing this stuff up, and it could be a family member. It could be a mother, a father, a child, a son, a daughter, an aunt, an uncle, a close friend, a teacher, a coworker, a neighbor. And you've gone way out of your way multiple times to reach out and to, and to, and to try, but to no success. She has got to the place to say, forget this. Man, this is ridiculous. And God says, hey, hey, listen. Aren't you supposed to reconcile, to seek to reconcile the same way that I reconciled you? Shouldn't you want to keep the door open? In spite of, and just as the Heavenly Father took the initiative, you take the initiative. And just as the Heavenly Father accepted the responsibility, you accept the responsibility. And just as the Heavenly Father removed all the, that you seek to remove all of those obstacles. Yeah. Paul went on to say in verse 19 that we have been given this wonderful message of reconciliation. There's that word again. In verse 20, so we are Christ's ambassadors, his representatives. God is making his appeal to, through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Um, that word, amb- that's a big word, isn't it? Ambassador. I mean, I'm an ambassador. I mean, just want to. Stick- I'm an ambassador. Have you ever worried about not having an important position? I mean, here it says that as a Christ follower, you, you're an ambassador. You're a representative. Larry, it's a big deal. It's an important position. I mean, when I think about the word ambassador, I think about the fact that we as a United States, we have ambassadors that represent our country and other nations. That that ambassador is to carry on and to talk and speak on behalf of, of our country and our president, to carry out things in our best interest to be a representative. And here it's saying, Paul's saying, look, you are an ambassador of the king to carry out the message of reconciliation to everyone that you come in contact with. That all of us are an ambassador to something. Yeah. All of us are representatives of, of, of something. But if you're a child of the king, you're an ambassador of the king. Say I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. One more time. I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. I mean, doesn't that make you feel important? I mean, just I'm an ambassador. Yeah. You don't have to look for significance. But you're God's God's mouthpiece to bring his message of reconciliation to the world. To bring hope to the hopeless and light to the darkness. To be his ambassador so that people can be reconciled and brought back to God. Not because of their actions, but in spite of their actions. But you know what, you know what happens when we refuse to offer forgiveness and we refuse to leave the door open? We fail to represent the heart of our king. That's not an ambassador. That's an impostor. Uh-oh. That means that when I refuse to offer forgiveness and I refuse to leave the door open, instead of an ambassador, I become an impostor. An impostor is a person who pretends to be someone that they are. if you look it up in the dictionary, it says, "A one who engages in deception under an assumed name or an identity." Do you know him? Are you his? Are you an ambassador? an imposter that when we say yes to Jesus we're saying that my life is no longer my own but I'm Christ there's a there's something new going on there's a new life there's a new nature the old is gone the new has come it's not my plan anymore but it's his plan not my agenda anymore but it's his agenda it's not my will anymore it's his will it's not my way anymore but it's his way That Christ didn't give up on us, but how often do we want to give up on others? And there's there's some some objections. I mean, there's some reasons why. I mean, if we were to think about reasons why we might not want to offer reconciliation, why we might not want to forgive, one of those excuses might be, but the pastor said, you have no earthly idea. You just don't understand. You don't know what they have done. But there must be a misconception about a misunderstanding about reconciliation because reconciliation isn't about working out all the details and making things right. But reconciliation is taking a step forward towards another person when it all isn't worked out. When it doesn't make sense. When it all doesn't fit together. When you don't know how things are going to end out. Whether or not justice will prevail or not. See, reconciliation isn't about the past as it is about the future. But then there are those of us that are afraid. Yeah, because see, if if I happen to to work towards reconciliation or forgiveness, that you know, others might think that I'm condoning their actions. You know what I'm saying, Janie? You know, that if I forgive them or I'm just what, I'm, what I'll end up saying, people, they'll, they'll think that I'm just agreeing with what, that what they did was okay. But that's, not what I, that's not what I'm doing. That my move towards them might say that what they did, I approve of their action. But if that's the case, we're in pretty good company because didn't, wasn't Jesus accused of that multiple times because he left the door open? That even though people didn't have it all together, Jesus continued to approach them. He reached out to them while they were still struggling. And Jesus moves towards us. He's not condoning our sin at all, but in spite of our sin. Then there's the objection, maybe this is the biggest of all. Why try? There's no use. Nothing's going to change anyway. I mean, why in the world should I go out of my way to waste my time and waste my resources when nothing is going to change? I mean, why try and try again when the only thing that I'm going to do is face rejection and disappointment over and over and over? I was at, um, I was at lunch not long ago with, with a friend that I've known for many years. He's in his 50s, and... Um, In our conversation, he's grown up. Uh, He was young when his father passed away. His mother was addicted to drugs and alcohol. He left the home when he was 17 years old. He's basically had to raise his own self. And um, he's been at odds with his mom, not because he's been at odds. He's been in turmoil, but he's always desired his mom's love. And so he's left the door open for all of these years, all of these years, even this past Mother's Day, which was what, May the 9th? This is how, how fresh this is for him. Um, he sent a letter, a gift for Mom's Day. A little while later, he got it back in the mail and basically said, why don't you give it to somebody who cares? And I asked the guy, I said, man, I said, why? Why do you leave, why do you leave the door open? Why do you continue to to, to open yourself up to all that hurt and pain. And he said, Sid, he said, and I knew where he was going to go. He said, Sid, this isn't just about her. It's about me. I don't want my heart to get bitter. And the only way I know to deal with it is to leave it open and let that wound just, let it be there. It's not a thing I can do about it, but I ask Jesus to cover it. But a lot of times that's That's hard. See, when we intentionally move towards others, it may not cause change in their life, but it may be change in my life. When we open, open up ourselves to move towards others, we may not see the immediate, immediate fruit of our actions. But one day, hopefully, we'll be able to look back and see how our obedience led to, to growth. You know, if I were to take my kids early on, I, you know, you, you can't see change day by day until you look back over a period of time. I mean, if we were to look at our kids every morning when they get up, well, you can't really see change every day by day until, you know, these days I see kids that I used to have in high school and I, and I good night, you know. I didn't know. I didn't know that was who that was. they grown up. You can't see it at that when, it's, when you're close to it until it's over a period of time. But one day, hopefully, you would be able to look back and see how you had grown spiritually because of your obedience. That's how you know, reconciliation always works. It may not just be in the life of the other person. It may be in us. It may, not, it may be in us. So we have those times in our life when, as believers, we're tempted to walk away and to say that we don't care. Man, I'm ready, we're ready to cut them off. And we're not talking about boundaries here, okay? I'm all for boundaries. But we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is saying, I don't care. In the midst of those relationships that have been broken, in the, in the midst of those relationships where we've been hurt, we have a responsibility to reach out just like our Heavenly Father has done towards us. And see, as a Christ follower, running isn't really an option. And you know why? Going back to what we read back in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Do you remember those first words? Because Christ's love controls us. It controls us. We've been changed. We're being changed into the likeness of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are his ambassador offering this message of reconciliation to others that we're so tempted to want to shut the door on. Not because they deserve it. No, not because they deserve it. But it's it's our prompting because of Christ's love. So, you know, how how do we as a believer leave, leave the door open? I mean, how do we do that? I mean, how do we take the initiative, accept the responsibility, and try to remove those obstacles? How, how do we leave the door open because, not just because family matters, but because Jesus matters? Today, I thought what we would do um, as we got ready to close, you know, there's a couple things we could do with what we're talking about today. We could just, that was great, amen, praise Jesus, and uh, yeah, I heard what, what was said or we could say, let's let's call let's call us let's call us to a time of response. You know, let's let's get serious about this, and, and let's let's make there be a time of public acknowledgement that I'm wrestling with. It's not about the name, but there's a relationship or relationships that I'm wrestling with. That as I listen to what the Scripture has to say and recognize who I am in Christ, that I'm that I'm to be his ambassador, that I am to seek to reconcile, that I, I am his representative, that I, I, have a, I have a role to play. And maybe you're here today and just in the midst of our time, the Holy Spirit has brought to your minds a relationship that's broken, that you've basically said, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. But now recognizing who you are in Christ and the responsibility, you go, I can't, I, I can't do that. I, that's not who I am. That's not who I should be. And so today, as Caleb sings a song in just a minute about the blood of Jesus, because it's the blood of Jesus that reconciles us without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sins. And as he, as he sings this song about the blood of Jesus, if, if you're here today and there's a, a relationship that you know that you're wrestling with and you just are, you're just standing today just to stand up and to sit back down, you're standing up today as an acknowledgment before all of us that are here. Would you pray for me? Because there's a relationship in my life that I need to leave the door open and I'm, I, just, I, I need encouragement and I need you to pray for me. And So as as Caleb sings, just as you feel led, just stand up and and then just be seated. That's all you have to do. But before you do that today, I want to pray for us, and then we're going to listen to this great song about the blood of Jesus. Father, I'm praying for us today that as we walk into this time of response, this invitation, uh, God that, that we would be bold enough, in the midst of this time, to acknowledge before our friends' family and others that there are relationships within our lives that, that are that we're wrestling with. Not to not to ignore it, but Father, to be honest about it. That's the first part of reconciliation is recognizing that there's an issue. And today, Would you give us the strength to be able to do that? Just to acknowledge it. Today there's an issue. As Caleb plays, would you be responsive today? And when we're done with this song, we'll finish out our service together.
1: of utmost glory.
0: celebrate Memorial Day, Memorial Weekend, we are reminded of those that have given their lives so that we can live in freedom as a country. But as we're sitting in this service we're reminded this morning that 2,000 years ago Jesus would give his life not just for Americans so that everyone, everyone across the world could no longer be held in bondage and slavery to sin, but that we could experience freedom. You know, that bondage of of wounded relationships. We wouldn't have to carry that around, but recognized by the blood of Jesus, the blood that he shed. Jesus paid it all. We're his ambassadors, people. We have the privilege what happens if Jesus would have said, I'm done with that. There's no use. Man, it's the church. It's the body that should seek to reconcile and to bring hope to the world in which we live. Today, we have the privilege of, of celebrating the Lord's Supper. We're reminded that night that Jesus says he assembled with his believers there and, those disciples and he took that bread and he broke that bread and he said this is a symbol of my body which will be broken for you and then he would take the cup of of wine and he would hold it up and later he would say this, this represents my blood which will be shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And today we have the privilege of celebrating, remembering why we do what we do. The Bible tells us, and sometimes people ask, you know, well, who who partakes in the Lord's Supper? It's simple, those of us that are followers of Christ, those of us that have made the decision to trust and have received the gift that we talked about earlier. And today, if you're here, man, we're privileged for you to participate. But if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, my question is, why, why not remember the only thing that keeps us from coming to know Him is our pride. The Bible also teaches, and Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, about the the going before the Lord and examining our life and asking ourselves, "Is is there unconfessed sin in my life? Is there relationships that are broken? We want to take just an opportunity for a few seconds for For do you go before the Lord and examine your life and ask the Lord, is there anything that's not right that you need to go before him and ask forgiveness? And after a moment of silence, we'll come back and we'll participate in the Lord's Supper together this morning. So would would you just bow your heads? Jesus, thank you. The scripture teaches us that Paul went on to say that in reference to the Lord's Supper, he said, for I have received from the Lord, which also I've passed on to you, that that night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and it says that when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is done for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And a little bit later on in, in that night, Jesus would, would take that cup and, uh, and he would tell them that that, that that represented his blood that would be shed. And he drank it. And it went on to say that whenever we participate in this, whenever we eat the bread and, and, and drink the cup that it is a symbol of the new covenant in, in Christ and that we are to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes, that we are to, rep- we are to be his representatives, his ambassadors. I'm important. I've got an important message. I've got purpose that I'm to leave the door open just like Jesus left the door open for me. You know as we close out today I'm going to ask for the lights to be brought up and thank you there were many of you as there were many of you this morning that stood just like there was in the first service. And I want to pray for you specifically today because I'm going to tell you what when you walk out of here the devil's going to be on your back. He's going to do everything he can to try to say that was stupid. You know it's not going to work. Remember it may not just be about them it may be about you. So I'd like to pray for you today as we get ready to walk out these doors. Can I do that? Would you bow as we close? Father, I, I just I thank you for the boldness and the courage of these this morning that have responded saying, I, I recognize that there's a relationship in my life that I'm wrestling with. And for those that stood today saying that I want to keep the door open, that I want to be your ambassador, I, I, want to be your mouthpiece I want to continue to reach out even though it may not work out thank you God for not giving up on me thank you for reconciling me and bringing me to you and for you taking the initiative Jesus may I be reminded to take the initiative towards others and God when I was running from you thank you for not running from me help me to be your ambassador Help me to run towards others. Father, would you give me a heart that cares for others as you cared for me? Give me wisdom and give me strength to know what to do exactly with what I've heard today. Help me to be a sincere follower of you. May I seek to reconcile those who I have a tendency to want to write off. Jesus, we're going to face some difficult times ahead. But Lord, I pray that we would remain close to you, staying in the word, staying close to the fellowship. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing us today. And as we walk out these doors, may we hold our heads high. May we realize the important role that we play in this world that's filled as darkness to be your light. May we do it faithfully. And in doing that, Leave a legacy of faith. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing us for the reading of your word today. May we hold it dear to our hearts. May it be on the tips of our tongue
1: as we live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.